0: Everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now, you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Danielle Amakapane. And Danielle actually played collegiately at Arizona State University, where she earned All American first team honors and became an NCAA national champion in 1985. And she went on to earn seven LPGA tournament victories, as well as represent the United States on the 1986 Curtis Cup team. And um, Danielle is actually, as well, in the Arizona State University Hall of Fame and on April 8th is being inducted into the Arizona Sports Hall of Fame. So we are so thrilled to have Danielle here today and thank you again Danielle for joining me.
2: Oh absolutely, absolutely. It's nice to
1: meet you. You as well. So Danielle, I hear you were born and raised in Arizona so tell me about what you loved growing up here.
2: Well, I'll tell you I wasn't born in Arizona I was actually born in um, in New York and moved out to Arizona when I was young I was only five years old so I did spend um, my pretty much my whole life there and um, you know it's it's where I it's where I grew up I don't know that I totally love it looking back now that I'm older I was just where my folks were and I'll tell you sometimes it got really hot there in the summer sort of certainly sort of playing golf outside and um, that got difficult at times, but, um, you know, if it wasn't for being there, I probably wouldn't be talking to you now.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Arizona is an interesting place, definitely, from coming from other areas of the world, but, hey, it's like our home.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been my home for a long time. I did move away just recently with my family. i living in Los Angeles now, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I do, go, I do go home a lot to uh, see my folks, my sister and my mother-in-law are there. So uh, we still consider Phoenix
1: our home. That's wonderful. And Danielle as well, um, how would you say your childhood pushed you to create high expectations for your future?
2: I'm sorry, say
1: it again? How would you say your childhood pushed you to create high expectations for your future? Um, well,
2: you know... You know, high expectations. I I think that's just something that I don't know that anybody can push you to do that. I think it's something you have to do yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, I just uh, you know I was always just always wanted to be the the best that I could be at whatever it is that I was doing. And I I remember being in grade school and having to write papers and things that they always make sure that my penmanship was the best, and anything that I ever did, I always make sure that I just did the best that I could do, and not being able to control anything else, but, and that just made me happy, and that's like, that's, you know, that's my motto, and that's what I always, I try to teach my kids that, just do the best that you can do, and you should be happy with that.
1: For sure. That's great advice. I think we all kind of do that sometimes. You know, you hear that every day, like, do your best, and, you know, the rest will follow, and that's always how we should feel when we exert our best, then, you know, whatever the result is, we should feel good about.
2: Yeah, well, if you give 100%, I mean, if you give all you can give, and whether it's the be- whether it gets you the end goal or not,
3: if mm-hmm.
2: if you can, if you can, push yourself to do the very best that you can do, then the outcome is, is going to be whatever it is. You can't be unhappy with that because you gave everything that you could. And uh, But if you ever left anything back and you didn't, well, then you can always wonder, say, well, geez, I wonder if I could have done better or if I could have finished better or higher or whatever. So that's, that's why I always believe that if you just do the best that you, you can do, then you should be happy, whatever that outcome is.
1: Absolutely, I agree 100%. And going back to your childhood, Danielle, I heard you were a tomboy growing up. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Yes,
2: I was. Um, <laughs> I was. I absolutely um, I loved sports, you know. I don't know, growing up, just being outside and playing a lot and then getting involved in, um, uh, gosh, in high school. I got involved in uh, softball, mm-hmm. play basketball. And I was actually in the band and played golf, and I did all these things, and I just, I liked it. I liked
1: it a lot. That's great. It's definitely nice sometimes to stray away from the crowd. And I know lots of girls are actually getting into sports nowadays, so, you know, you see that in their drive and motivation is really, really positive. Yes,
2: it is. It is. It's nice to see that um, girls are getting more involved.
1: It's nice to see Absolutely. And I understand that you were bullied in school. Do you feel that bullying is a big issue in our society today?
2: I do. I do, actually. Um, It's an unfortunate thing, but, uh, you know, growing up, kids can be cruel. And um, I think they do it just because they're trying to figure out where do they belong. You Mm -hmm. know, and I think it's easy to make fun of somebody when they don't conform or fit in. Or they're different. It's easier just to criticize than it is to help that person, and it's unfortunate that our society is uh, allowing that to happen. It it really is, and it it, it happened when I was a kid, and it's still happening now. You know, um, I dealt with it differently. I know my child, my daughter, uh, was uh, bullied a little bit in in grade school, and she, uh, you know, and I had to deal with that with her. But, um, yeah, it is. It's very unfortunate that it
1: still goes on. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, instead of bullying, like you said, I know it can sometimes be hard to help, but if we could just help a little bit more than bully, then we would be in a better place, you know? Everybody would be a little bit more peaceful, in a sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you would just stop and help, as opposed to making fun of someone or criticizing um, that that person's life would totally be different.
1: Definitely, and Danielle. Now, I want to go a little bit more into your career. So, when did you first find yourself golfing?
2: Um, you know, I was I was young. My dad got me started out in Arizona when I was around ten years old, and um, I just I loved it. I was playing a lot of sports at the time, and. Um, it was something where we were just, uh, I was just exploring other avenues and things that I like to do. And, um, you know, I just, I loved it. I loved the game. And um, I love the fact that I could i could determine how the outcome was going to uh, be. Um, it's a very individual sport. And it is, um, it, it all depends on how I do. And I like that. I like the fact that um, if I played good that day. The results are all you know, all about me and how I did. If I play poorly, it's on me too. It's not on anybody else. And I had I hard time playing some some um, you know other sports because of the team aspect of it. And if I gave my hundred percent and we lost, I felt pretty bad about that. And I was like, well, that person over there didn't give hundred percent over there, and it could be why we lost. And I didn't really like that. So it um, I think golf is the right sport for me.
1: No, that's wonderful, and. I know we were talking a little bit about how many sports you played as a kid, and obviously you were well involved with that. But really, what was it about golf that just stood out to you among the rest? Was there just something about it?
2: Um, Well, I think just kind of like what I just said, basically. Golf, for me, um, there was nothing like hitting a good shot. When I first started playing and I started taking lessons, uh, uh, something about hitting a solid golf shot just really kind of resonated with it. it felt good and it was something like I always wanted to try to achieve and of um, the fact that like I said before if I played well, it was because I played well and it was all on me and I liked the way I felt when I did play well and um, and I just uh, you know the process of, of getting the ball on the hole and and traveling and being outside and, and playing these beautiful golf courses I just I love all aspects of the game.
1: That's great, and going through your story, Danielle, I saw that at one point your mom said to you, "You must choose one focus, one commitment." How did you feel about that, and how did you handle it?
2: Well, you know that's funny. That story um, happened when I was in high school, and at the time I was playing, I was doing a lot. You know, I was I was in the band, and I was playing basketball and softball and golf, and I had everything kind of going on and. Um, It got to be a bit much, and my grades were starting to suffer because I was playing, doing a lot of sports and a lot of things, and I think my mother just felt like I needed to pick one thing so that I could be good at that and that my grades would get better and that everything, you know, I would have enough time for everything. So, um, you know, in the end, I picked golf because it was the one thing that I liked the best, but I also knew that it could take me the furthest I liked. I knew I wasn't big enough for basketball <laughs> and didn't like it as much. You know, softball, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to feature a softball. <laughs> and um, of course, being a, a musician, you know, maybe I could have gone that route, but that didn't really excite me my golf did. So, um, you know, so I stuck with the golf. And again, if I had not done that, who you knows where I would be
1: exactly it definitely looks like you made the right choice and you're passionate about it so that's always a plus but danielle we yeah, actually right? yes mm-hmm, for sure so we're actually going to take a quick little break keep it right here you're listening to the fame game
0: what do you want to do are you interested in the performing arts We don't care how you got here.
1: We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Express yourself. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, back with Danielle. So, we were talking a little bit about Danielle's background as well as starting to get into her career of golfing and kind of landed on the note that. Um, Danielle did make the right choice. She definitely thrived and blossomed in golfing, and uh, now it's creating big things for her. So, Danielle, my next question for you is, how did you learn to golf so well? Did you research, practice, observe, or a mixture of all of it?
2: Well, how did I learn? Um, Well, I'll tell you, I didn't teach it myself. Um, Somebody taught me, and uh, my father at a young age... um, saw that I had potential to play, and I knew that, and I told him that I, this is what I wanted to do. And he says, well, if this is something you'd like to do long-term, then he says we need to get you a good coach so that you start off on the right foot and can move forward very quickly. So we ended up um, hiring and, and working with the uh, one of the best teachers in the state. at that time. In fact, his daughter was one of the best junior offers in the state of Arizona. His name is Bill Cornelius, and Kate Cornelius was uh, one of the best juniors in the state when I, was, uh, when I first started. So, um, you know, getting with him uh, really changed everything for me. I, I started hitting the ball a lot better, a lot you know, faster, and I started playing in tournaments, and, and my game just grew from there, and, and then my passion for playing golf just grew from there.
1: That's perfect. And so you would kind of consider yourself not a natural-born golfer, but more so a crafted golfer who has built up her strength.
2: Yeah, pretty much yeah that's that's a good way to put it. I um, wasn't very big. It wasn't a very big bill growing up i was I was very um skinny and and not very tall. and um, you know over time, I had to develop getting bigger and stronger um, as my game grew. but uh, but my height and um, and all that never really hindered hindered me into games.
1: Mhm well, I have to be honest, I'm not a big golfer. But I have to say I do commend the people who have gotten far in golf, such as yourself, because I know it takes a lot of work. And like you said, you ha- you got a good coach, and you did some training with that, and that takes determination and motivation. And, you know, in whatever career path we choose to do, that's excellent, excellent skills to have. Yes, absolutely.
2: absolutely. I think that if you're going to sports, really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not even, it even related to sports, but I think if you're going to uh, pick a path uh, of a career, I think you should certainly be mentored by someone who's already um, done that and done it well, and I think that's the best route. If I could give any advice at all, it would be to certainly be mentored or coached by someone who's already been there, done that, what it is that you are looking to do, mm-hmm. and um, and that's kind of where I feel like I did.
1: That's wonderful. And I do have to agree with you on that. Mentors are great because all of their knowledge will then become your knowledge. And then once you apply your experience to it, winning combo. Yes,
2: absolutely. That's exactly right. Couldn't have said it
1: better myself. Yes, of course. And Danielle, what do you feel competition really is? I know you've been in quite a few competitions. So if you could define that for us.
2: Ooh, competition. Well, I mean, competition just means, you know, you compete. You want to compete. And um, you can pe- compete at anything, really. Competition is, I mean, you can compete in spelling bees and different things like that. You can go to um, science fair and compete in those kinds of things. And, you know, it's not just sports. So I think competition is, um, is healthy in all, in everything. And I think it's just a way of bringing out the very best in individuals. I think that's what competition is. It's just bringing out the very best in, in what it is that you're bringing to the sport or TV or anything else.
1: For sure. I've also heard that one quote, you know, about competition, that the only competition is yourself. How do you feel about that?
2: The only competition is yourself. Why um, don't I don't know that I believe that. Um, I, I, I know that I can put some high expectations on myself mm-hmm. as to how good I want to compete and how I want to do that, but um, I don't know that I'm my own competition. I think I think people around me um, that I compete against, I think they may be better. I think that is what competition is all about, being able to come up against other people
1: who are doing the same thing as you and, and seeing who is better at that time. Mm-hmm. And speaking of competition and kind of leewaying into another question, um, I know there has been a lot of talk on like social media as well as like in the news, um, really everywhere in every game about sportsmanship. So what does it mean to you also to be a sore loser? Has that ever come up? Oh, a sore
2: loser. Well, you know, that's funny. My, um, I'm, I kind of have a, uh, <laughs> I have, I, I, that's one thing that I'm not a big fan of, people who are still losers, you know. For um, mm-hmm. me, what that means is, is that you're not handling uh, losing very well, right? you just, you are taken it to the ultimate worst level possible. You've got a tantrum, you know, you're crying, you're carrying on, and um, I just don't think that that's a, um, I don't think it's a good way to learn from your mistakes. Um, I think you know, losing is a big, huge part of competition. In fact, you lose more than you win. For sure. And I think if you're a full loser, then I think you may be in the last quarter. You may be doing the wrong thing because uh, more often than not, you are losing more than you are winning. And certainly in my sport, golf, I am losing more than I am winning. And, um, and I don't know that I want to say losing... I'm just not winning that many golf tournaments. I'm, I'm, I'm entering them and I'm playing them, but I'm not winning them. And, um, and but if I can play the best that I can play and enjoy that competition, then that's good enough for me.
1: That's a great way to think about things. I know sometimes people have the misconception of saying, like, well, I lost. Now I just have to give up. But really, it's that thing again. Like, you just have to get up, continue trying, exhibit persistence. um, And, you know, eventually you can reach a goal. It just takes a few times.
2: It does. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Wonderful. And. Danielle, also going into another question, what did it mean to you to make it on the LPGA tour? I know that's a big thing.
2: Oh, what does it mean to me? Well, when I was growing up, I was uh, was in a junior golf camp with my mother, (laughs) and I remember this very vividly saying to her at the end of the golf camp that, you know, I wanted to be on the LPGA tour. That was my goal, and I knew this way back when I was young, like 10, 12 years old, so Everything I did from there on out was to get better to be able to compete on the tour. And um, when I finally got there, you know, it's it's like all all that you remembered and dreamed about when you were younger. You know, all that hard work just paid off, and it's a great feeling. It is it is a wonderful feeling to be able to accomplish the goals that you set out to to achieve. And that's really what what was happening there. My goal was to be an LPGA tour, and I was able to. Um, to do that and to stay out there for as many years as I did. It's uh it's a great accomplishment.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a great great thing that you were able to accomplish that goal because again it's that persistence factor, making sure you're continuing to practice and try as much as you can and eventually you'll get there. And when it does happen, like you said, you know, it's kind of a surreal thing, especially like as dreaming of something as a little girl could be or as a teenager, and then you finally reach it, it's like, wow, I did it. All right, cool.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's really easy to quit. It's very, very easy to quit mm-hmm. at anything. And it's one of the things that I teach my kids. It's like, if you make a commitment to do something, then that commitment needs to be followed through to the end. If you decide after that that I no longer want to do it, so be it. That is fine. But if you make a commitment to do something, you need to follow through and do it. And I think that, you know, with my golf, I wanted to be on the LPGA Tour. It was a commitment that I made to myself. And when I finally got there, I was like, the commitment is just, you know, to stay out there, to keep my car, to be able to play and compete and do all of that and travel, and that's what I did. And at the point where that then no longer becomes fun, and uh, I'm not enjoying it anymore, then it's time to hang it up. And, you know, there was a time in my life when when that happened. I had done it for so long, and I felt like, you know, it's time to move on now. I have kids, and uh, I have family, and it's it's time to journey into some other avenues
1: hmm I was going to ask you, do you feel like you've ever gotten tired of golf? And I think you kind of answered that as well.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know really get tired of golf. Yeah. What I got
1: tired of was, um, I got tired of the travel. Mm-hmm.
2: I get tired of... I can um, see that. And, ...and competing at that highest level. You know, as I got older, it got tougher. And um, I didn't feel like I was very competitive. So I felt like it was time for me to leave that aspect of the sport, but to not to leave the sport completely, because I am, I am now
1: still in golf that's a great thing to hear and we're so glad you are
2: oh well thanks i'm happy i am too there was a time there that i wasn't sure that i was going to stay in golf i uh, wasn't sure what I, what i wanted to do after i left the tour it was, uh, it was a little bit of a tough transition for me but um you know i let some time go by and just uh, kind of thought about what it is that i really wanted to do and for me this is what i know how to do and i know how to do it if it's you know, at the highest level. And this is what uh, I decided I would stay in golf and, and start teaching now and doing some things like that.
1: Wonderful. Well, Danielle, it's time for another break. So keep it right here. You're listening to the fame game.
0: Looking for a show about your favorite movies? stars and DVD releases?
4: There we go. Stop. Oh, we're recording. We're we're rolling. How
3: did you get into radio business?
4: Well, I got into radio TV by uh, learning through school, having some internships, and eventually just kind of working my way up, man. But I wanted... How old are you? I'm 11. Yeah, I wanted to do this even... Probably six or seven years old, I'm guessing. But I didn't get to go to media day like you do. Are you kidding me? Where's your credential? I mean, did you sneak in here? Did you sneak in here? What happened? I don't know. No? Do you live here?
1: Uh, no, I live in California. Here, I live in California.
4: Where do you live in California?
1: Chico.
4: Oh, Chico. Good place. See, I never, I never got to go to a Super Bowl until I was like in my 30s. Still got to go. That's a good point. That's a good point. See, by the time you're 30, you're going to be calling Super Bowls for a network that hires you. Okay? Just remember, get a good contract. That way they can't fire you. Okay? So that's really important. Ask for the world because somebody might give it to you. All right? And have fun at these events. Okay. Are you going to ask some uh, certain players questions?
2: I'm going to talk to Julian Edelman and
1: LeGarrette Blunt, and we'll go from there.
4: Okay. Ask Julian Edelman if uh, – ask him – how good a quarterback he was. Ask him uh, if he would like to have caught passes from Julian Edelman, the quarterback. Because Did you know that he played quarterback in college? Yep. Where did he go to college? Do you remember? Okay. He went to Kent State, and he threw 30 career touchdowns. If you come to him with that kind of information, you're like, hey, Julian, I noticed that you threw 30 touchdowns in your career in college. Give me a scouting report on Julian Edelman, the quarterback. He'll be All like, right. whoa. Okay. All right. All right, man. Go have fun today. All right. Thank you. You got it. What do we got, Man? When you were at Kent State, you threw 30
3: touchdowns. Can you give me a scouting report
4: of college? Oh, man, you, you got a good question. Yeah, I'll give it to the, kid. the scouting report, uh, I'll get you. The scouting report would probably be uh, someone that competed at a... You know, ran Peru and through, um, and, you know, one of those kind of guys. You know, a, a gym rat, got guy that uh, studied a lot, all those kind of things. This
1: is Sammy Allen Pierce, and you're listening to Kid Star Radio.
0: When you hear the term, break a leg, what do you think of? Maybe it's the movies, musicals, stage shows, and theater. Break a Leg will explore all forms of creativity, whether it's from theater, movies, TV, or even books. On our show, we'll discuss all aspects of show business, including how to get your start and what's trending now. Guests include actors, singers, and dancers working in the industry to give you a unique and personal perspective. Tune in weekly to Break a Leg, your all-things entertainment show, Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Tune
5: in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids.
0: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's Kids and Cars.
5: If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust tune in to kids and cars thursdays at 1 p.m pacific time 4 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if you missed the show you might as well be stuck in the garage
0: you're listening to voice america kids real kids real talk radio you're tuned in to maddie rose and the fame game on the voice america kids channel now let's get back to our show
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. Maddie Rose here with Danielle once again. So, Danielle, we were just going over a little bit about how you made the LPGA Tour in the last segment and how much that meant to you and definitely reaching that goal after some time of making that commitment to yourself, which, again, I commend you for. It's really great to have that piece of advice in life where, you know, if you make a commitment, then definitely stay till the end of it. Stay for the ride. And, um definitely the view is greater when you get there. But anywho, um, my next question for you, Danielle, is you know, going back to that bullying part. Um, you dealt with bullying as a kid. Did you ever feel that you experienced bullying when you became a pro?
2: Well, um, I felt like in some respects, um, yes, um, but in a different way, on a different level. Um, I think once you become an adult, and you experience bullying. It's more verbal than it is anything else. Um, you know, when I was a kid, it could be physical and verbal. Um, but once you get to be an adult, um, I, I think really where I was, um, you know, I got some verbal uh, verbal abuse. Just a little bit, not much. Um, I kind of nipped out though, you know, right when right when it happened and. Um, and and then you know you, you just move on you just continue to move on. I when I was young and and got bullied it was it was definitely a life changer for me. It definitely I was I was shy and timid when I was young, and then when I got bullied it, it was worse and um, and it was tough for me to kind of transition out of that. And I just basically said to myself when I got older that. Um, basically I just said, I'm not going to let people push me around anymore. When I'm old enough to to do that, I'm not going to let people do that. And I think that's the attitude I take to this day. And, um, you know, even every once in a while, I feel like I get my, my back up against the wall and I kind of push back. But it is, um, it's just something that people have to deal with, um, differently in their lives. And that's the way I kind of dealt with it.
1: That's wonderful that you definitely overcame that. And, you know, using that experience and and also what you've learned from that, what would you advise um, or the advice that you would give to kids about bullying or staying focused on following their dreams? Because I know, like you said, again, kind of pushing that, like, it's easy to quit, but definitely stay along for the ride and keep going because it is definitely worthwhile. Yes. Well, you know,
2: certainly uh, you have to stick up for yourself. I think that, um, and I don't know for certain, but I know that if you can confront a boy, um, I think that they will just back down because then they just know that you're not going to be waffled by the fact that they're boring you. And I think you just have to stand up to what it is that you're trying to do, say, or or be. And, um, you know, when I got older, that's what I did. I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to let someone push me around anymore. It's not going to happen. So, as soon as I saw something like that coming towards me, I'd be able to stop it right away. And I think I think that's the key: stopping it right away before it gets easy for them to do. Because if they can pick on you once, and they can pick on you twice, they can do it three, four, five times. They know. But if you can stop it right away, they won't come back. And I think that is uh, some of the advice that I have kind of sent to my kids and some things that I've had to deal with with my daughter. As soon as it happens. I went right in and stopped it right away, and it never came back. So I think that's probably the best advice that I can give.
1: That's great. Definitely taking care of the problem before it can go any further. So that's an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah, stop it! Stop
2: it before it gets yeah.
1: First for sure. And now Danielle, you I see that you on April 8th you're being inducted into the Arizona Sports Hall of Fame. How does that feel like to come so far, you know, from everything that you've gone through, all of the work that you put into, you know, training for golf at a young age and then, you know, going on those amazing tours and competing so many times. Just what does that mean to you?
2: Um
1: it is exciting.
2: There's no doubt about it. It's probably one of my highest uh, achievements um, being recognized in the state of Arizona. And i I, tell you, I don't I don't know that any professional athlete or or anybody really kind of goes into their profession looking for these accolades and looking for these awards and saying, oh, I'm going to achieve this and that because I want these awards. I don't think anybody really does that. I think they just go into it so, you know, doing the best that they can and when these awards and accolades are kind of bestowed on them, you know, you look back and say to yourself, wow, it's just a reminder of how well you've done throughout your career, which makes it even better. And I think that's what this award um, really for me at this time in my life has, has done. It's made me look back over my whole entire life and career and say, wow, this is what I've done and this is what I've achieved. And, um... And not until just recently have I really kind of thought about all the things that I've achieved. Um this made me do that, and I just I'm, I'm thankful and blessed that I was able to play uh, for as long and continue to play and and now I can give back. So what the sport has given me, I'm going to now give back. And I feel good about that, and that's the, kind of the direction in which I'm headed now.
1: That's a great thing, and thank you for doing that. Well, so would you say that this is your your greatest accomplishment or something else aside from this?
2: Um. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't know what other things are out there for mm-hmm. me to achieve. Um, you know, right now, um, as I'm transitioning into what I'm doing now, it's, I'm going to take this and, and do the very best that I can do. And if that gets me, whatever it gets me, I'm happy with that. Um, all I want to do is stay in the sport and help others to enjoy the sport as much as I did.
1: Wonderful. And where would you like to see yourself in five years' time? I think it's always exciting to, you know, um, you know, reach for, for higher goals and, you know, get to where you want to be. And I know, like you said, you know, coming into this, you don't necessarily know, like, what there is to achieve, but is there just something that you would like to do within the next five years?
3: Um,
2: in the next five years, you know, there is some things I want to do. Um, I was fortunate enough to travel around the world uh, playing this game, and one of the things that I'd like to do is As my kids are now getting older, I have a 15-year-old and a a daughter and a 10-year-old son. I'd love to be able to travel with them in the next five years. I I really think before they go out on their own, um, I'd love to be able to share the different cultures that I got to experience from traveling. And um, that's something that I think my husband and I would like to do here in the next, uh, you know, Few years in the near future, before our kids are old enough where they don't want to be around us anymore,
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and
2: we would love to be able to—we'd love to be able to do something like that.
1: That's so awesome! I definitely hope you guys can do that. That would be such an exciting time.
2: Yeah, it would be. It's it, it's it's a great experience to be able to see what other how other cultures live, what they eat, um, you know, how they dress, and all that kind of stuff. And it it would be um, an eye opener. And a life changer, I think, for our kids to know how others do that and to experience it and to go there and and see it. And that's something that I was fortunate enough to be able to do, and that's something I'd like to share with them.
1: Absolutely. And I know we were also talking about, you know, good mentors and just, you know, taking the lessons that we learn in life and applying it to where we are now. Um, You're also a teacher and a coach, so could you tell my listeners about your Rule the Short Game Academy and Clinics?
2: Um, I'm sorry, say that one, one more time.
1: Could you tell my listeners about the Rule the Short Game Academy and Clinics?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, um, what I've started now is um, now that I'm no longer playing, although I am still playing on the Senior Tour, the Lady Senior Tour is, uh, is a wonderful av- avenue for me to be able to continue to play uh, with the gals that I grew up playing with on the LPGA Tour, but now with the, the Short Game Academy and you and the Short Game, I am... Um, I developed my game really around the short game, and that's how I became so good. Um, again, I was real small when I was growing up, so hitting the ball real far wasn't my, wasn't my big forte. So I had to build, in order to be good, I had to build my game up around the short game. So um, that's really my forte and what I love to do. So that is what I'm teaching right now, and that's what... Uh, what real short game is? I want people to own it and rule it, and if um, and I'm your host, I'll help them do that.
1: That's so great.
2: I'm gonna do it through. Yeah, I'm gonna do it through clinics, and I'm gonna do it through uh, some private coaching. Right now, I'm doing uh, I'm teaching kids that want to go on tour, both men and women, that want to go to the the next level, and even all the way up to the L P G or PGA tours. You know, even the high schooler that wants to be better to be able to get a scholarship to go to college, or that college player that wants to go and play on the tour and helping all those kinds of uh, kids and it's really a lot
1: of fun awesome that is so exciting we'll definitely have to keep up with that and thank you so much Danielle for coming on the show today how can others contact you for lessons or follow you on your LPGA US tour
2: yes uh, if anybody would like to contact me go to uh, www.realvisualgame.com
1: wonderful thank you so much Danielle it was a pleasure having you on
2: Oh, thank you so much, honey, and good
1: luck to you. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's take a break. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. What's
0: cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook.
1: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
5: Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book.
1: Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America
0: Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel now, let's get back to our show.
1: Welcome back everybody to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose. That was a great, great interview that we had with Danielle. It was so awesome to have a pro golfer on our show. I don't think we've ever had that type of guest before. Um, Maybe we'll have another one in the future. Who knows? But anywho, that was wonderful that we had a chance to talk to her. She has accomplished so many things in her life and it just goes to show that we should definitely go after our dreams, uh, stay for the ride and see where it takes us. And you know, that's always a that I would follow but okay it's time for as they say Maddie Rand session Um, we have a little bit of time on our hands for this final segment Um, as you know I did switch around the songs of the week um And we're transferring into something called Five Minutes of Entertainment Weekly on the Fame Game. Sounds so official, right? So I'm going to be excited to talk to you about that in the last five minutes of this segment. But for these first five minutes, I thought I would just talk to you guys one-on-one, because that's just what I love to do. Have you heard my voice today? It's kind of nasally, right? It's like, I don't even know. I was going to do something really gross-sounding. Not going to do it. who knows what that would have been but yeah it sounds so nasally right now what is this i just like bruce was playing back my thing and i was like is that me no it's not it is but who knows it it happens we all get sick sometimes i think i've had it in the past but it's funny enough because i haven't been sick that much so then when i woke up this morning i was like oh i'm dying not really dying but you know when you say that hyperboles it's exaggerated didn't mean to get all like school school time on you but but yeah that's what it's called and then you know I have to say happy spring because it's finally spring and you know we love spring my birthday just passed too so um I love spring for that reason but then aside from that like the allergies and everything I mean it's beautiful outside because the flowers start blooming and all that but then that's when the pollen comes out and you're just like is it really beautiful it is beautiful but the whole the whole thing that comes with it the allergies and i mean i don't know i've never really had terrible allergies before have you guys because i it just it just comes randomly right like one day i wake up and i'm like oh i'm sneezing like 25 times i can't even hold a conversation with somebody i was going to sing the national anthem or i did actually at the uh, pancreatic cancer walk that they had in the valley of the sun um it was like one of the smaller ones of the many here in arizona and before i started singing I mean, it was all on like, it's a park, so it was all grass, and I guess I wasn't expecting that the allergies were going to hit me that day, and you know, I sneezed about like 30 times beforehand, and you know, like when you get that nose itch, and you just can't stop itching it, and people are like, what is wrong with you, (laughs) you know, and it was just super weird, and that's what happens to me, just what it is, and then now when I wake up this morning, it's like, nose itch, eye water, uh, throat, (laughs) like what is this, nasally, nasaliness I guess you could say so yeah and people are all like oh just take some allergy medicine and I'm like oh but I did (laughs) so who knows but yes spring is an exciting time though not just to mention because obviously we are heading more into the year I mean 2015 absolutely crazy cannot even believe that it's 2015 already like I've said before not that I didn't think I was going to make it to 2015 but when I was younger I was like is it ever going to come yet am I ever going to get to that point I just feel like it's so far away like, it's never going to be here, but now it's here, and you're like, where has the time gone? You just have to reflect on some of that stuff, and it just makes you think, like, well, yep, time keeps going. Doesn't stop. No, 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 it doesn't. So, it's exciting. 2016, here we come. Just kidding, it's, like, still in the beginning of that. versus like, "Oh, stop. <laughs> Not yet! I know, it'll be exciting, though. I have a feeling it's going to come so fast especially, like, after summertime, and then we get back into school, which I'm super excited for, um, just because it'll be my senior year and everything. It's gonna go so fast. I always tell people, like, as soon as you're done with, like, fall break time, everything else after that's, like, just happening. I, I think it's because of, like, the schoolwork, and then everybody just has so much to do. We're constantly running around, um, maybe for some of you, you're having a lot of fun, and that's why the the year is going, uh, really fast. I know I have a lot of fun, and, um, yeah, when you're having fun, time flies, as they say. So, I, I mean, I guess that's true for, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's exciting, though. Definitely, definitely exciting. It's like, I wonder where the fame game will be later on this year. You know, you never know, too. And what kind of guests we'll have. That's always something to to be excited for and to look forward to. Uh, like as i said in the beginning of this you know we didn't know we would have a pro golfer on the fame game but we made it happen and a special shout out to michelle core for hooking us up with that connection um again definitely a great interview and something that i'm excited to say that i got to speak to you all about and you got to hear it but all right maddie Rand session done for this show there'll be more in the future so now we're going on to our five minutes of entertainment weekly on the fame game which is almost like a maddie ran session but a little bit more controlled i guess not so random but i think my thoughts in the previous uh part of this segment were pretty held together what do you think but all right so on the news i heard this one morning i woke up of course to go to school um i was getting ready just took a shower and then i saw on the tv i was like what is this story it was kind of sparked my interest um they call it the real life superhero this went completely viral this video and essentially robert downey jr also known as the alter ego of iron man presented a seven-year-old boy a special made bionic hand um, as he was born with a partial limb i thought this was so great because my heart is all in community service and giving back and i've actually worked with kids who maybe have had you know a partial limb or you know their Um, developmentally challenged, like whatever the case may be, um, I just think that all of them deserve the opportunity to live life to the fullest like any kid should have, and when I saw this, it really warmed my heart, because, you know, we hear so many things on the news, like really, about these celebrities, and they're doing all these bad things they're being bad influences like are they being a good influence is always questioned and you just hear so much about that and you know if you look back to a previous interview of ours um when we talked to ashadaya of girl talk hq she said you know it's really nice sometimes to read positive things rather than the all the time negativeness that you see Uh, i mean i know there's a lot going on in the world but we don't always have to talk about the negativeness. We can spend, like, five minutes to talk about positiveness as well. And so, like I said, this totally warmed my heart. Thought it was so great for Robert Downey Jr. to do this. Like, that seven-year-old kid was so happy. You could see the light in his eyes. It just made his day. And then I think the, the previous, um, or not the previous, but the following day um, after this happened and the exchange happened where he got his arm, he went on the news and talked to the lady, and they were like, so, what does it feel like? How did it feel like for Iron Man to present this to you? And he was like, oh, I thought it was the coolest thing. It was so amazing. And then the mom, you know, of course, was just so so touched by it because the family didn't pay one cent for this it was all donated to them um they researched how to do this they thought it'd be really cool i know an organization helped them with this i don't remember the organization again i'm sure you could look it up and find it but it was just so cool and i guess that the boy was experiencing a little bit of bullying which again kind of ties in with what we were talking about um and he just felt so cool after that and everybody was kind of you know going up to him and be like wow that's really cool man you know that's awesome and it's really nice to see that that flip change um Okay, so now on to the, the second little piece of what I was going to be talking about as well. Um, aside from that, I wouldn't say it's really negative, but it definitely was something that was a controversy, so I got a little, change it up a little bit. Um, but Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke actually got sued for their Blurred Line song, and this was all over the news, uh, like for a day or something. It was just, I guess it was a big deal. Like, I really didn't know about it, and then when I heard it, I was like, what? Okay. I guess I'll research it. And um, $7 million was due to the alleged copyright infringement over Marvin Gaye. Um, One of his songs, that just sounded so similar. And they were playing it constantly, like okay, my mom is really into the doctors and like channel three in Arizona. Cause they have like the doctors, Dr. Phil, um, queen Latifah, like all those shows. And at first I was like, mom, why are you watching the doctors? Like this isn't just, you know, something random, you know? And then when I stayed home for spring break and I started watching it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting used to it. like watching it. It was actually pretty good. Why not? Um, but they actually started talking about that too. Like you would think like the doctors is all medical and whatever, but they had a segment on there that, you know, was a little bit more entertainment tied, a little bit more casual. Um, Just conversation between the hosts um, and the guests and stuff. And this came up, and they played the song side-by-side as the news did. And, I mean, it sounds so familiar. And one thing caught me when they were talking about this. They said, you know... People are, are very artistic in the world, and they come up with all of these, like, songs and melodies and, you know, lyrics. And, of course, I mean, if you use the exact same lyrics, I could see it on that. But melody-wise, that was the reason why that they sued for this, was the melody. And one of the guys on the show asked, well, you know, just because of the melody is the same, does it look as if really that it is the same like I know that sounds confusing how I just described it but you know there are only so many notes to go through you know are they gonna find something else later down the road where they could sue somebody else because it sounds very similar I mean hey we don't know so I just thought that'd be something cool to bring up because uh yeah It's interesting what's going on in the entertainment world. Um, It's great to see the positive and the negative, but also just to to keep up to date with what's really happening and, you know, get in the loop. But anywho, I hope you enjoyed those five minutes of Entertainment Weekly on The Fame Game. I'll see you guys next week. Thank
0: you again for listening to The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show.
1: My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Star Album of the Month, here is the Witch Pops and their song, Whale Shark.
3: The Kidstar album of the month.